All right, let's go now to John chapter 10, starting in verse... We're actually going to go to John chapter 11, but I want to give a little bit of backstory because when Jesus gets this message from Mary and Martha that Lazarus has died, we want to know what, what has just happened. And so we have, to, we have to go back to John chapter 10 to, to get some of that. In verse 31 of John chapter 10, it says, The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Interesting. It says the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. This is something that keeps happening. Now, John 10, 39, I'm reading in the ESV. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. And he went away across the Jordan to a place where John had been baptizing at first. And there he remained. And many came to him. They said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. Jesus was, this is Jerusalem here, this dot on the map. And Jesus was there. They were picking up stones to stone him. He actually, looking at the other Gospels, it, it appears that he went, this is the Galilee area. He went back up this way, started coming back down. The Samaritans would not receive him, so he had to go back across. This is the Jordan River and came down this way and ended up baptizing at this place we're going to call Bethany beyond the Jordan. So it's across the Jordan River over here. Now, the Bethany where Lazarus lives is right near Jerusalem. It's two miles from Jerusalem. But to get there, this is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is below sea level. It's a 3,300-foot climb up to Jerusalem. This is quite an interesting... Uh, the road, this is Jericho to Jerusalem, is a 5% grade. It's a pretty significant grade. But, but Jesus now, when he's going to receive the message, Lazarus is here at Bethany, he's going to be receiving this message. Mary and Martha are going to send messengers to him, and they're going to have to go, this is uh, 14 miles here, and then he's got a day's journey or so to here. So the messenger is going to have to come to them here. So he's going to be receiving the message out here. And now we'll enter the story and see what happens. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So Lazarus is ill, and when we think ill, we think he had a little cold or something. How ill do you think Lazarus was if they're going to send a messenger to go and try to find Jesus? He was pretty sick. In fact, you probably wouldn't send a messenger until you were really convinced he was not going to recover. So you're gonna, they're hiring a messenger to go and try to find him and obviously try to bring him back. Now let's look closely at what the message is that Jesus gives to Mary and Martha. Because later on, they're going to be fairly angry with Jesus. We're going to be reading that. But let's look at the message that he gives them. Verse 4, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Probably when the messenger gets back to them, they only heard one part of this message. Which part would they hear? Doesn't lead to death. Oh, he's not going to die. He's going to be okay. That's the only thing they heard. He missed the part about the glory of God and the Son of God being glorified. They, they, we're not concerned about that stuff when we've got a serious problem. All we want is our problem to go away. All they heard was, he's not going to die. If you do the math, they come, this messenger comes to Jesus out here. By the time Jesus stays here two more days. He takes a day to come to Jericho. 
He takes another day to climb up here, so he arrives on day four. Lazarus has been dead. If you do the math, it appears that the messenger, who probably tried to make this all in one day, has arrived back here, has given the message to Mary and Martha that this, is, this doesn't lead to death. It appears to me Lazarus died the same day, within hours of the messenger arriving. How, does Mary, how do Mary and Martha feel about that? You're starting to see how, this, how the tension is building. Right? This, this is not a simple story. These are real people whose brother has died. Perhaps he was a wealthy man. But if there are just two women now and no one is actually having an income coming into the house... This is a very serious thing for them. This is not just their brother. This is their income. This is their future. They are single women. They are vulnerable. This is a very unhappy time for them. Jesus gives the message he's not going to die. Within hours, he dies. They forgot the last part of the message. Now, it's interesting here to me What did Jesus not say that he could have said? I'm going to be there in four days. I will raise him from the dead. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. He left that part out. He just gave them a very simple message and expected them to believe it. That's the kind of faith he's expecting from us. That's the kind of faith he's expecting from us. We have his words. We are supposed to believe he's for us. He's not against us. We can trust him with everything in our lives, even the most valuable thing, which to these women, the most valuable resource in their life was their... Clearly. He was obviously a very good man. He loved Jesus, right? This means he was a humble man, a sensitive man. He had a position probably of some influence in the area in Jerusalem. I believe one of the reasons that Lazarus got sick, from what I know about the immune system, when do you get sick? When you are stressed. When your immune system is stressed. Have you ever noticed that? That when you you tend to get sick when you've had some stress in your life? Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Where do you think his stress was coming from? Was everyone a big fan of Jesus? No. A lot of people hated him. A lot of people wanted him dead. A lot of people thought he was absolutely bad news for them, for the Jewish people, for the temple, for all that they thought was great. Jesus was bad news. Lazarus was his friend. I wonder if the stress caused by being in the middle of this tension, being kind of a big man in Jerusalem, having all these influential friends, and having a friend like Jesus, was making him, he kind of could see where this was going. He could see the people were always talking amongst themselves about, oh, we've got to get rid of him. Oh, isn't he doing great things? There was... 
all this tension about who this man was. And Lazarus was in the middle of it. I find it interesting that the disciples, the disciples are so free to talk with Jesus, to say things like, look, they're trying to stone you. We're not, let's not go back to Jerusalem. Jesus says, hey, we're going to go back to Judea. We're going to go back here where they were just, they were threatening us. And disciples say, no, that's a bad idea, boss. No, no, let's not go back. How free they are to contradict him. In fact, when he says, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Like, we don't want to go. Uh, we, you know, we, we really don't want to go. Jesus' leadership style is so gentle and so beautiful that his disciples feel very free to speak up, to tell him what he should. In fact, they think he's naive. They think that he doesn't know what he's talking about. In fact, I remember a time when Peter thought he didn't know what he was talking about. Do you remember that? He said, Lord, you, Jesus was talking about him having to suffer and die. And Peter said, oh, far be it from you. That will never happen to you. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking about men and not the will of God. But how free was Peter to pull Jesus aside and essentially correct him? Help this naive young man see the truth. See, these disciples all had what we would call street smarts. Maybe some of you have street smarts. And you know what should be done. How free they were to correct Jesus. Which, what we're doing here is we're, we're trying to see the, the character of each of these people the character of Jesus we can read by looking at how people approach him. Like they feel perfectly fine saying, you know, no, look, he'll wake up. We don't want to go. I also want to point out how Jesus talks about death. He says he's asleep. He says that one other time. Do you remember where that was? There's a... Someone else who has died, and he says that they're asleep. Oh, the little girl. The little girl. Good. Jairus' daughter. It's as if Jesus doesn't see death as real. To him, looking from his perspective, there is no death. In fact, he's going to say that to Martha later on. He's basically going to say, he who believes in me will live and never die. Do you believe that? So essentially Jesus is saying, if you're expecting to die, you're going to be disappointed. If you're expecting to die, you're going to be disappointed. There's, there's, you're not going to die. If you believe in him and you're expecting to die, you're not going to. It's, 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 it's one in the kingdom of heaven, it's one fluid transition. Very interesting how he's, that death doesn't seem to bother him. But it certainly bothers us, and it certainly bothers the two sisters. 
And then we notice also in verse 16, Thomas, doubting Thomas. And we notice Thomas here, again, very free to comment to Jesus. Okay, let's go die with him. A very dramatic, a little, you know, oh yes, Thomas, let's go die with him. Thomas is free to say that to Jesus. What, what kind of a group of disciples were they? They were, they were? He was very approachable. He was, but also we're looking at now Thomas, who later on is going to doubt that Jesus is risen. He's very emotional, very passionate, and believes Jesus could not have risen from the dead unless I, what does he say? Unless I see the marks in his hands and the, put, my, put my hand on his side, I won't believe Right, this is Thomas. Let's just pause right there, and I want us to say, do you see yourself in any of these characters? Are you able to approach Jesus? Are you able to talk to Jesus and comment just the way you see things? Do you feel like he's angry with you or only wants you to see things one way? Is he okay if you are at whatever level of maturity that you are. If you're like Thomas, who believes he's going to die, we don't hear Jesus saying, don't be silly, Thomas, you're going with me. I just told you, he who walks in the light is not going to stumble. I was just telling you that. Did you miss it? Does not correct him. He just lets people be at their level of maturity. I want to pause now and say, can you be at your level of maturity with Jesus? Is he okay with you being right where you are? And maybe telling him, I want to grow my faith. I I recognize that I have the truth. You may not have spelled it out to me as clearly as I wanted it, as as we were talking with Mary and Martha. You may not have, have given me all that I needed to know, but I'm going to take what I do know. You are with me. You will never leave me or forsake me. You are good. You are the Messiah. I'm not going to let doubts creep in. So let's pause right now and just maybe verify your faith in Jesus with the words that he's given you over your life, that he's working in the situation, even though he may not have spelled out to you exactly how he's going to help you. I want you to say, I trust you. Thank you. I know that you are going to work this out. All things work together for good. Let's give you a few minutes now.